Just a reminder, everyone, the topics covered in this podcast are general in nature. They haven't taken into account your personal circumstances, and it's important to seek personal financial advice if you want to address any of the subject matter. Hello, welcome to the Money Men episode of the 27th of April, 2023. I'm Steve May, and I'm here with Luke Styles. Hi, Luke. How are you going, Steve? It's Good. Almost May. It is almost May. Um, not far away at all. So welcome to everyone. Uh, thanks for listening in again, and uh, thanks for referring us and um, what, do you, what do you do, um, you know, letting other people know share. about the Money Men. Yeah, share sharing. Yeah, that's it. Markets uh, over the past fortnight, uh, ASX, Australian Markets, down a tiny little bit, mm-hmm. um, about 0.3% or something like yeah, that. So um, virtually yeah. not even on the radar, but, yeah, you know, yeah. down S- a little bit. S&P 500 in the US down a couple of percent, mm-hmm. and uh, Dow Jones is, what's that, where's that sitting? Down about 1.5%. Okay, yeah. That's coming off the fortnight before where um, things were generally up. Yes, you know, they so, were. Um, and no, I think I was, we were looking a little bit earlier at the at the Australian market over the last month, and it's up about 4 or 5%. Yeah. So interesting, isn't it? Interesting, and, choppy, volatile times at the moment. And, you know, it's evident, the proof's in the pudding is that some of those, you know, excess returns will often come, you know, very early or very mm. late in, in, in the market cycle. And so mm. it just highlights the importance of just being a participant in the market and not trying to make calls on, you know, what market's going to do. Yeah. I was talking to a person earlier today, actually, who was telling me how they were feeling a bit uncertain about their, their super, mm-hmm. superannuation and, mm-hmm. and their life in general and, and uh, felt a bit panicky. So they moved all of their superannuation out of being invested and into cash um, a few months ago. And, it, yeah. Yeah, and we didn't talk about that, but um, about what they may have missed out on. But, yeah, it's probably 5% they've missed out on over the past few months. So doesn't sort of pay to try to uh, work out what's happening in the short term. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, anyway, enough of that. Um, so market's choppy as usual. Property, um, <clears throat> now I don't know, certain levels of property mm. um, seem to still be selling well. Um, you know, we're, we're in a regional area, we're in um, you know, the, the Lake Macquarie, Newcastle yep. region. Um, but I'm, I'm still seeing, and you know, we, we keep promising that we'll get a property person on. Yeah. Um, and we will. But I'm seeing that properties are still moving at quite attractive prices. Yeah, I, I think um, I think a lot plays into our location, mm-hmm. Steve. You know that Newcastle, Lake Macquarie area seems to be popular, and and it and it does make sense given the proximity to Sydney, given that people are still sort of appear to be um, moving away from Sydney and coming to Newcastle. Like, I seem to talk to a lot more people now who have made that move in the last couple of years. I I guess they're probably intermingling into the local community a bit more. They may have been a bit nervous, you know, in the early phases. Um, But, you know, I definitely am talking to a lot more people who have made the move, and and it's very noticeable. Um, Even even a general media and press that I'm reading, even in the Sydney market markets, the various markets in Sydney, still seem to be quite quite healthy and moving. Um, 
not necessarily stagnant or dropping by the you know 15 20% that some of the economists were saying they would yeah you know, I, I don't know I'm not, a, not an expert but um, I don't know that some of those economists are experts either but no, well, you know no, that's we, a story for another day we know that most economists um, <laughs> don't get it right most of the time but no one ever goes back and checks do they no no we're, and we're not we're not going to do a fact checking show yeah, I think there's a bit of uh, news coming out uh, just in the past day or so that inflation in Australia is sort of peaked yeah well heading back towards um the right levels um not there yet so it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that the reserve bank won't um hike hike put interest rates mm. up again you're even you're becoming I'm, I'm a media become, media mouthpiece sensationalist <laughs> um doesn't mean that there won't be another rise but um it seems to be that things are trending in the right direction but yes. you know who knows watch this space yeah we don't we, we don't know Okay, we're going to uh, talk about uh, a couple of wins of the fortnight, mm-hmm. as is what we do these days. Then we're going to have a chat about the um, Home Equity Access Scheme, which is um, available through Centrelink. Yep. Formerly known as the Pension Loan Scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a sort of like a reverse mortgage funded by the government, isn't it? It is. Um, franking credits. So what are franking credits? Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to Topical. tell you right now. We're going to get to that soon and um, and then some of the common financial mistakes that, that people make before retirement yep. we're going to have just a run through some of those that we've um, we've come across over time okay um, tell me about your win of the fortnight Luke well my win of the fortnight is actually from today um, just meeting meeting with some ongoing clients and you know no, nothing uh, crazy in terms of in terms of wins but um, they were able to uh, sell a property in, you know, a regional area that probably wasn't uh, very popular, um, and as a result of, well, basically they were a little bit stressed about interest rates increasing. They were in a fixed uh, loan interest rate, and that was coming off, um, and they had calculated by the time that would come off. Um, They'd be, you know, pretty much in the hole trying to support and retain this property. Now, they were sold that property by um, property spruikers, I guess, for lack of a better lack of a better word, um, not doing anything other than lining their own pocket in the process. And, you know, as a consequence, basically, the client had, you know, obtained what could be argued as, you know, substandard property at a price that was inflated and, you know, where did some of that infl- inflated sale price go well probably went to other people's pockets other Mm -hmm. than theirs anyway long story short they have managed to uh, get that on the market earlier in the year they have managed to sell it um, which is really good take a whole heap of pressure off a four-person family Um, you know decent incomes between them but still you know they didn't have the ability to weather and carry that property so they got rid of that actually got a little bit of extra money in the pocket at the end of the day Um, so they've been able to clear it um, and you know take some pressure off their mm-hmm. day-to-day lives, which is good. It's good. It's good to see. Yeah, and you you help guide them to do that. Yeah, help yeah. help guide them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and tell them, hey, it is actually going to be a good idea that you don't stress yourselves out and carry this property. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm sure lots of people are probably going to find themselves in that position, or maybe even enter into that position, or, or they're or they're already there, and and. You know, I, I I think it was important for for me to show them, hey, this you know, suffering through this isn't actually going to get you to, 
um, your financial goals and objectives and, you know, mm. the modelling and the financial plan that we did for them showed them that. Mm. And, you know, I gave them the, the nudge in the right direction and the tick to say, hey, yeah, get, get rid of this thing. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, I'll go as far as to say that, you know, we actually weren't even looking to make any money out of it. It was literally to mm. save them from incurring, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, deficit, okay. ca- deficit cash flow. Cash flow. Yeah. Um, and the fact of the matter is they've come out with a little bit of money, so mm-hmm. they're pretty happy with that and, you know, it's taken a whole labour pressure off them, um, yeah. you know, financially and emotionally. Beautiful. They're value of advice. Yeah. Uh, what's mine? I've got a win. Um, mine's generally is happening with a few people at the moment, mm-hmm. but one... one client in particular, um, we look to have them use some of their cash, their money in the bank, Mm -hmm. to apply to super, superannuation, Mm -hmm. by using unused concessional contributions. That sounds very technical, doesn't it? It does. So basically, under the current rules, you can have contributed to your super fund up to mm-hmm. $27,500 per year mm-hmm. of concessional contributions. Concessional contributions are yeah, essentially your, any contributions your employer makes yep. and any contributions that you make for which you claim a tax deduction. Yep. It's about as simple as I can explain it. I think, um, and, I th- and I think... That- <laughs> I think that's as simple as it needs to be. That's all I've got in me yeah, as, yeah, far yep. as, as far as that simplicity goes. Um, but there's also the ability to catch up um, what you haven't used of that yep. 27500 going back, I think it's five years now. Yeah, five financial years. Yeah, five financial years. So um, in this particular case, um, the person that we'd recommended, we recommended they use up what they can this financial year and catch up um, um, from past years for, for a total contribution of $36,000. Yep. Okay. And that $36,000 contributed... Um, by him claiming a tax deduction mm-hmm. for that will save him personally about $12,000 in tax. Yep, yep. cool. Now, um, the superannuation fund deducts what's called co- uh, contributions tax yes. um, on the $36,000. Yep. All right. But the net saving after that, like net saving overall is about $7,000. Yeah. Um, you know, so, 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 a ma- so a massive win. So, mm-hmm. so he's... But getting money into super, mm-hmm. so so it's actually invested mm-hmm. in a into a concessionally taxed environment, yep. um, and he's picking up a thirty thousand thirty odd thousand dollar tax deduction into into personal tax return. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So which, paying, which will, paying tax on thirty six thousand dollars less. Yep. Yep. Net, netting. Mm-hmm. Netting. Him personally, twelve twelve thousand of personal tax. Okay, so. An extra twelve thousand in his pocket. Yep. Um, but not forgetting the fact that the super fund will take fifteen percent of the thirty six thousand. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but uh, there's uh, still a net win. Um, <laughs> ma- you know, seven grand net win. Yeah, ma- um, yeah, massive. Um, so yeah. you know. So, that- so the upside is the money's being invested. You know, the potential, one of the potential downsides, which mm-hmm. we discussed obviously, was that. Once you put the thirty-six thousand dollars in, you can't get it back out again until you until you retire or meet a condition it, of release. But it's, that's okay. It's a, it's a, it was a great feature of um, some of the significant budgetary changes that came um, about in two thousand and seventeen mm. um, to actually allow you to make tax deductible contributions to superannuation mm. for just the general public. Previously, it had to be you know there was some nuance around you know you you mm. effectively being self-employed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but but yeah, it's, it's just really interesting. And you know, again, we, they've come to their full fruition, so mm. we can now use the full five years. And we we're actually seeing a fair bit of news from some uh, noise from some think tanks um, out there um, who are sort of doing some. Um, political bartering on behalf of the government to look to scrap these type of concessions. Mm. So it's just interesting to see that, you know, what was legislated and it's mm. now being utilised and now, and now a lot of... Yeah. Now they want to pull it away. So I don't know, where do we where do we go with it? But yeah, mm. it's, while, it, while it's here, it's it's, mm. it's a great, it's absolutely a great feature and it, and it is mm. a very equitable feature as well because it allows people who typically wouldn't be high income earners maximising their concessional contribution caps. It actually allows other people who may have not been doing that to um, mm. catch them up in, in years where they do realise some high taxable income. Yep. Now, it's not for everyone. Not everyone has the spare $36,000 floating around or five or $10,000. But um, so, mm. so, Steve, like, what's a classic case? We've talked about it. Hey, is it a classic case of where we see people using tax-deductible catch-up superannuation contributions in this example would mm. be, you know, selling a big asset, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. So... Maybe your friends from earlier who sold their property, if there probably wasn't a capital gain, but if they had... No, there actually, actually was. So, yeah, so there's so a capital gain there. There's potential to make a tax-deductible yep. super contribution yep. to reduce the tax effect of that gain. Yeah, yeah. which will be... Yeah. Which we'll be doing um, or looking to do. Yeah, but, you know, if, even if you look at, a, you know, say an average person, no such thing as an average person. I say mm-hmm. that every... Just about every um, episode, but... Average person may be earning hundred thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. Employers putting in ten and a half, yep. eleven thousand dollars into yep. their super. It leaves them with sixteen thousand dollars odd that they can actually put into super and claim a tax deduction for. Absolutely. Now, as I said, not everyone has the sixteen thousand dollars floating around that they yep. could do it with. But um, you, know, if, you know, sometimes if people have got that sitting in redraw on their home loan or an offset account or whatever, you know, sometimes, and not always, but Mm -hmm. sometimes it could be more beneficial to use some of that cash um, to make a contribution and get that tax uplift and get the money invested. Yep. But horses for courses, everyone's different. Anyway, that's my win. It's a pretty good good win, and there's been a few of those wins, uh, and there always is at the end of the financial year. Not that we're there yet, but it'll be upon us before we know it. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, um, I I talk, um, as as well as talking to young people, I also talk to older people Mm -hmm. who are um, reaching retirement or are retired and are on the age pension. Um, Or maybe not even on the age pension, but wondering about what happens if I outlive my money. Mm -hmm. So we do modelling when we're doing financial plans and we look at it and we say, hey, all things being equal and, you know, conservatively, conservatively modelling this, you know, your money is likely to last you past your life expectancy. Yep. Next question is often, well, what if I do live past my life expectancy yep. substantially? Yep. What happens? Yeah. Um, yeah. And in days past, it was, hey, you've got to sell your house, potentially. Yeah. Um, or you just choose to um, have a, an existence on the age pension. Yep meet all your home costs and uh, costs of living just from the age pension. Yep, and really tighten things up. Really tighten things up. But if there's a thing now, a thing called the Home Equity Access Scheme. Yep. Um, what did you say it used to be called? Pension Loan Scheme. Mm-hmm. It's, actually been, it's actually been around for a very long time. It's yeah. just had a very low take-up. Yeah. Um, and it's had some... some um, 
some restrictive guidelines around who could access yeah. it, when you could access it, what the interest rate charged on it was. But we'll yeah. we'll, we'll we'll get into yeah. that. But yeah, yeah it, it's a it's a revamped um, uh, reverse mor- uh, reverse mortgage. Would you yeah, call yeah. it? Um, so people were possibly aware of that concept of a reverse mortgage, where you've got your house. Mm-hmm. You know, I think these days to get a reverse mortgage, you probably need to be over sixty. Um, you yep. go, go to the bank and say to the bank, "Hey, I've run out. I've, I need money. Um, please uh, lend me some money yep. using my house as security." Mm-hmm. The bank says, "Okay, well, we'll give you a hundred grand." Yeah, the banker licks his lips and says, "Yeah, give you a hundred grand." And that hundred grand capitalised, so you don't have to make any repayments, right? Um, but the, you still, the interest still capitalises yep. and adds on. These days, I think a reverse mortgage rate is something like eight or nine percent, um, because apparently there's more risk to the lender. Um, so, and that capitalises, and um, and you know, one day when you sell the property, you you, you pay the bank back plus interest that's yep. been compounded. Yeah. Um, so the home equity access scene is sort of similar to that. So the government basically says, we'll give you some extra money. What is it? Up to another half of the age pension. Yes, so, yeah, yes. Uh, um, so if you're on full age pension and you've got a house that you can use as security, then potentially, um, well, you would, you'd qualify for an extra 50% of exactly the age pension. Right. So the full age pension as a couple combined is about $41,000 a year. Yep. Then you know potentially you'd get another twenty grand. That's exactly right. Okay. Yep. What's the what's considered to be the comfortable cost of living in Australia yep. at the moment in retirement? It's about sixty eight. Yep. Right? Yep. So, so getting pretty close to um, to that comfortable retirement standard yep. in and, Australia. And and you know remember that you know a, a pensioner couple can have you know four hundred odd thousand yep. if they've got the house four hundred odd thousand dollars in assets so that could be superannuation cash shares. Yep. Um, so we've just identified that you can basically get. Sixty odd thousand dollars from the pension loan scheme, mm-hmm. including, including your yeah. full age pension, and yeah. then you could possibly top that up with whatever else you've got. So, mm. so, so we've spoken about this before. Mm. There's some attractive options for people out there to meet a comfortable. Uh, mm. Sorry, it's arguably easier to meet a comfortable standard of living in Australia at around that 60, 60 you know, six, sixty-seven thousand dollar as for mm. standard. Um, if you own your home. You've got a little bit of super or, you know, some assets to draw upon um, and you're not going crazy with your spending. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it is it is an interesting thing. But anyway, I'll, I'll, where were so, you? So, yeah, so home equity asset access scheme, um, interest rate, what do you think it is? I think you probably know. I, I do know what it is mm-hmm. and, and just, just before the note, so the interest rate got reduced quite significantly and I think the last time there was a reduction or well, last time there was a reduction, it was like in the late 90s or something like mm-hmm. that, um, but it's now 3.95%. So, mm-hmm. so previously before it was the home equity access scheme, it was the pension loan scheme, and, mm-hmm. it, and it had an interest rate of around 5.95%. Mm-hmm. Um, from memory, it's now 3.95%. Now, it's an interesting thing because, you know, you as a old pensioner, um, not you, Steve, <laughs> not talking about you uh, specifically, but, but but if there's a, you know, old pensioner couple out there and you might go, well... I'm not paying the bank. I'm not paying the government three point nine five percent. You know, I'm in my eighties. Um, that's ridiculous. I'm just going to suffer, suffer, and you know, not run the heating. Well, let, let's have a little bit of a let's zoom out and have a look at it. So, according to I think it was Core Logic or um, might have been RP Data. I, I, I just had a quick look earlier. 
the the average growth of national housing in Australia over the last ten years has apparently been five point six one percent. So so you know your house has grown compounded at five point six one percent over ten years. Mm-hmm. If we've got an interest rate that's costing us three point nine five, we're basically using equity in the property mm. to fund lifestyle, a comfortable lifestyle arguably, mm-hmm. um, while still being ahead of the game Absolutely. over the last 10 years. So, yeah. so you know, people will still be able to leave the kids their, their house. Uh, in, you know, its, in it, yeah. Arguably in its current form. Yeah, yeah that's um, current value. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's just an interesting little equation to look at um, and definitely an attractive option on the table for people. Mm. Interestingly, you don't need to be on the age pension. Um, yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah. yeah. So as long as you, I guess essentially, as long as you would qualify for the... Commonwealth Seniors Health Card, yep. which isn't assets tested, it's mm. only income tested, mm-hmm. and a couple can earn up to about 140 grand mm. before they lose that. Then, provided they've got the home and security, they, they can actually go to the government and say, can I please have $60,000 a year? Um, yeah, oh, for, yeah, the equivalent yeah. to the 150% yeah. of the full yeah. age yeah. pension. Yeah. Um, one, one little uh, feature I didn't realise, and I was just having a bit of a glance over things before the show, but interest, and this is just for the nerds down there, the interest on the debt that is accruing. So mm. so obviously when you take out this home equity access scheme, mm. um, well, not obviously, Centrelink, what they do is they take security over your home. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've provided your home security and then a debt accrues against that security mm-hmm. equivalent to the amount of pension that you're drawing down yep. plus the interest that's accruing. Yep. Now, interestingly, the interest is only accruing on a fortnightly basis. Mm-hmm. Now, for those out there who are familiar with you know home loan, car loan, personal loan, credit card, mm. um, interest accrues daily. Mm. Yep. Um, so it could make quite a difference over, you know, 5, 10, 15-year period yep. where if you chose to elect this feat, this type of, well, is it a product? I, you know, this type of um, solution at an interest rate of 3.95% versus a reverse mortgage, you probably mm. have not only a lower interest rate to begin with just mm. because it is a lower interest rate than the reverse mortgage options out there, but an interest rate that's compounding less. Mm. And so, you know, eventually an interest, an, a total outstanding interest bill that's much lower than the equivalent. Mm. Um, yeah, so, so just a very interesting little feature. I thought, yeah, there, there you go. Absolutely. The... Um yeah, you have to be mind. People think of using the scheme would have to be mindful that you know there are some costs. So the, the government basically takes a lien or charge over over your property, mm-hmm. um, and so the costs of setting that up are, are borne by the by the loan applicant um, or the scheme applicant. I don't think they're very high, um, but they're there. Yeah. Um, so you might have some title costs, some yeah. valuation costs. Yeah, oh, there's a free valuation. Oh, done, there is but, a free valuation. Um, there are some title and, and registering costs that need to be done. Yep. But they can be added to the loan. Um, <laughs> so they don't need, need to come out of your pocket. Um, and also, it doesn't need to be a fortnightly payment. So you can actually mm. ask for, if you're a couple, you can ask for the extra 20 grand as a lump sum. Yep. Um, as long as it doesn't exceed that extra 50% of the age pension yep. over the course of, of the, of the yep. year, financial year, I think. So, yeah, so pretty handy for people to understand and know is there. Mm-hmm. Um, generally speaking, I'd say it's the last resort. So it's, <clears throat> it's you, you'd utilise all of your other assets mm-hmm. 
before you went to that. But everyone's different. It's horses yeah. for courses. Yeah. And you know, strategically, there could be reasons why you would want to access that earlier rather than later. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's there's it's an attractive solution that, you know, the government have put on the table. Congratulations, government. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> sensing some sarcasm well, there, well, Steve. I am critical of our government sometimes, but well, it wasn't um, our current <laughs> it wasn't our current government who instigated it or put it or, or revamped the the, mm. the current scheme. So no, bear that in mind. You know, both sides of um, politics have um, done good things and bad yeah. things. I we guess they go, I guess they keep I guess they're keeping it in place for the time being. Yes, for the time being. <laughs> All right, um, franking credits. Mm, another one. Mm, franking credits. So. People hear about the tax effectiveness of investing in companies. So, when, okay, let's go back. When you invest in companies, when you're buying shares in, mm-hmm. in companies, there's there's sort of two parts to the um, to the return, isn't there? One is the value of the share. Yep. Okay. So, um, you know, you buy it at a dollar, mm-hmm. um, and you expect that it will go up in price over time. Mm-hmm. Value, price, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Buy it for a dollar in ten years' time. You can sell it for you know five dollars, and you make a profit, and that's great. Yeah, you know, that's what everyone's looking to invest for is mm-hmm. to you know hold on and, mm-hmm. and make profits. Um, then the other part of the return is the income. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and the income in this case is in, in when you're investing in shares is dividends. D- dividends. Yeah. Yep. And the dividend is what? It's a company paying out a share of its profits yep. to its shareholders. Yep. Because remember, when you're a shareholder, you own a part of the company, so mm-hmm. you share in the growth and also the income and divide at the end hmm. and dividend mm-hmm. yes. um so so yeah i mean you're you're yeah. yeah we hear about franking credits and so, yeah. so so what is the franking credit associated with the dividend yeah so and we're going to talk about here fully frank dividends because you can get partially frank dividends but we're going to talk about fully yep. frank dividends which are dividends paid um, after the company has paid tax yep. on its profits. Yep. All right. Fair? Fair Absolutely way to describe fair. it. Absolutely yep. fair. Um, and it's often incorrectly believed that if you know if you get a hundred dollar dividend from mm. a company mm-hmm. that you have to pay tax on that hundred dollars. Yep. Right. That's a fair assumption. It's a fair assumption. It doesn't quite work like that, does it? No. And why why is that the case? I wonder. Um, the case in, in Australia, um, it's U- to prevent uniquely da- Australia. Yeah, uniquely Australia. It's designed to ensure that tax isn't paid twice yep. on the profits of the company. So, so that sounds really com- complicated, mm. though, Steve. So, and and what do we mean? What do we mean when we say that? So, so the company's paid tax yep. on that dollar return mm-hmm. um, at say 30% mm-hmm. or 30 cents in the dollar. Yeah. And you as you, and I'll keep the numbers nice and clean, um, you as the shareholder of that company have received a dollar of income. Mm. Let's say 100 because that's easier. Okay, $100 of income. Yeah. Now associated with that is obviously the franking credit. Yeah. And the franking credit is the credit of the tax paid at the company level. Yep. And so at the individual level, what we're trying to minimise or mitigate is double taxation because you don't want to get hit at the company level as the shareholder because mm. you you own that company. Mm. I've paid my tax. Um, That's it. 
uh, at 30%, paid which them, is... Paid the money into the company yeah, and, and that company has paid tax. Exactly and, and right. given me some money that's left over after that Exactly tax. right. And yeah. so, so we boil it down further and we mm. don't necessarily want to be hit again mm. uh, at, at that level because yeah. the company's so already is, paid is it. Is it fair that the company pays it and then um, you as the shareholder... Receiver of the dividend paid again. No, that's yeah. So in Australia, the answer is no. In other countries, the answer is yes. Um, yeah, and 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 it's actually very interesting because we can dig down to the weeds in this. It actually the capital allocation of companies inside Australia versus other countries is very different, mm. purely based on our franking credit system mm. to avoid mm. double taxation. Yeah. Um, so pra- practically, yeah. um, if you receive a hundred dollar dividend in your bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing. Yes. But when you account for it, when you're doing a tax return, you've actually your dividend will actually be one hundred and forty-two dollars and eighty-six cents. So that's that's what. <laughs> and attached to that dividend, the dividend will be what's called a franking credit. Yes. Of forty-two dollars eighty-six. Yep. yep. So basically, if you're in the in the tax bracket where you're paying thirty-four and thirty-four and a half percent thirty Medicare levy. You would pay. Um, you would you would calculate your tax on one hundred and forty two dollars eighty six, mm-hmm. right? Which would be forty nine dollars twenty eight. Yeah. It yeah, is, yeah. 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 Then you get a franking credit of forty two dollars eighty six mm-hmm. because of the that's the amount that the company has already paid yes. to the ATO yes. or the tax department, leaving you to pay six dollars forty two tax on your hundred dollars. Yep. Okay, so that's pretty good, isn't it? It's mighty yeah. good. So, yeah. so, so it's effectively this example, Steve. You've just said tax rates thirty four, mm-hmm. um, thirty four point five percent, which is a real tax rate. Yeah. The company tax rates thirty cents in the dollar. Mm-hmm. You're left to pay the shortfall, pretty being much, the difference. Yeah. So yeah. the four point five. So you've earned your hundred dollars. You've mm-hmm. had to pay effectively, you know, close mm-hmm. enough to. Mm-hmm. It's not exact science, but four point five percent of mm-hmm. the of the residual. Yeah. So that's good. Um, it, it is good, and, yeah. why, and why is it good? Yeah. It's good because if I earn a dollar in my wage income, mm. I actually pay tax at thirty four point five percent. If you earn a dollar in your wage income, you bring home sixty four dollars fifty. Mm. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah Yet I've I've been able to earn mm. uh, well in this example one hundred dollars of dividend income, yeah. Yeah. and only pay six dollars odd yeah, in in, in tax. Can be get worse than that. It can be worse than that if you're in a high marginal tax rate. Of then course, you pay more tax yep. because the um, you know, if your rates at forty odd cents in the dollar, you know, you pay a bit yep. more. Gets a whole lot better though if you're tax in a rates. tax rate where you don't pay any tax. Yep. So if you're say you're a retiree yep. and you haven't got any other taxable income, mm-hmm. you actually get all of the forty two dollars eighty six mm-hmm. back. Yep. Yeah, because it's already been paid. Remember, the, the government's yeah, 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 the, the government's yeah. already taken that four dollars, forty two dollars eighty six from the company. But, but remember, it's already been paid by you. Mm. It's been paid by you as a shareholder yeah. of that company. So yeah. a lot of people can go. This, this seems bizarre. Why? Mm. Why? Why would a zero personal zero tax rate person get a thirty percent franking credit back, payable mm. as a refundable franking credit? So in your example, in this, mm. if I had a hundred dollar dividend come in and mm. I had no other income, 
at the end of the year when I did my tax return, the ATO would say, here's $41 yep. um, in franking credits. $42. Sorry, $42 in franking credits. Mm. People go, that's, that's bizarre. Well, mm. hold on a minute. You mm. as, the, as the investor and shareholder in that company have actually indirectly paid that tax. That's right. Yeah, um, so, and so, so you don't pay it again. You don't yeah. pay it again yeah. and b- because we have a tax-free threshold in mm. this country. That's um, right. So a certain level where you can earn income before you pay tax. Mm. Um, so, by design or fault, mm. um, it is what the it is what the scheme currently is. But mm. um, it is definitely equitable. Yeah. So you could say that it's not. It wouldn't be fair if you were then taxed again. Yeah. yeah. Which happens in other tax in other tax regimes. And in fact, um, a certain political party um, was proposing to scrap them. They. Well, they, were, they were proposing to, to scrap refundable, refundable credits. Yeah, so the person who would have got $42.86 yeah. back yes. or a part of it back um, would not have yeah. in the future. And for, for, some, for some bizarre reason, like, they, like they're not entitled to it. Hmm. Um, you know, it's... It's it's an interest is an interesting one anyway, but hmm. yeah, Frank Frank and Greta, it's quite complicated. Uh, well, no, not really. No, not, not it's really. Hard, it's hard to explain. It is. <laughs> but basically, it's it's a way to ensure that shareholders yeah dividend income is doubly pay, taxed. Don't pay tax yep, twice. Exactly right. All right, I'm not sure that that clears a lot up, but um, <laughs> hopefully this summary there does. Um, Okay, so we'll move on now in our remaining eight minutes to um, some of the common financial mistakes that um, people are inclined to make before retirement. Mm-hmm. And why would we talk about that? Maybe because we don't want our listeners to make these mistakes. Yep. Or we don't want our listeners' parents to make these mistakes yep. or, or friends or acquaintances. So um, let's just work through you know, some of the notes that we have here. Um, you know, I think you know one is underestimating how much they'll need for retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, we spoke earlier about that um, figure uh, average of, a, of a comfortable average retirement in Australia being about $68,000 yep. now, which is the ASFA, Australia Retirement Standard um, thing, <laughs> uh, for want of a better <laughs> word. Uh, yes. The Association yeah. of Superannuation Funds of Australia yeah, is actually that's, that's the... who does it. Um, <laughs> So, you know, so basically, you know, costing about $68,000 a year for a comfortable retirement in yep. Australia, everyone's different. Some people can be comfortable on far less than that and some people can't be comfortable on anything yep. like that. Yeah, um, So under, underestimating, and underestimating, like we, we, which, we see that a lot. Yeah. Um, we see people tend to think that they'll go into retirement, spend less money. Um, what We often have the same conversation with people what you're probably spending now is probably what you'll spend in retirement. Um, you know, yes, you may not have kids, you may not have some of these other expenses, but they generally get repurposed into that extra time that you've got. Mm-hmm. And so you generally see generally mm-hmm. see spending patterns very similar to what people are doing yeah, when they're if, working. If, if possible. Um, I've heard it said that, you know, you should people should be aiming for 70% of their, of their wages. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's actually probably about right because you earn your wage, you pay 30 40% tax on it and what yeah. you've got left you bring home, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. logical. Yeah, um, but quite often um, the first question I have when I'm talking, I receive when I'm talking to some people after retirement mm. advice is, 
what do people live on in retirement? What do I need in retirement? What's the figure? Mm. And, and I say, the figure is your figure. Yeah. So we need you to do some work yeah, on it's a great point. what you that, will spend in retirement, yeah. not what the average person spends in retirement yeah. or your neighbour or the person yeah. across the road. Yeah, and the starting mm. point is what are you currently spending? Mm. Yeah. And and let's let's maybe, you know... Mm. It, so, you know, you can look at it very simplistically, can't you? A, a couple's earning, bringing in X amount of dollars, um, but they're paying out X amount of dollars on, you know, life insurance and super contributions yep. and the mortgage. Take all those things away and that's usually what they're spending, isn't it? Mm, that's their raw, mm, cost of living. raw cost of living. Um, yeah. And these other expenses that they won't have when they retire, hopefully, mm. like their insurance, their life insurance, their mm. super contributions and their mortgage is mm. generally money that gets repurposed into spending while they retired. Mm. Um, Maybe not the mortgage. Um, you know, the, not, the, no, no, the, the, yeah, sorry, that's probably... But some of those peripheral expenses that mm. that, that exist, that may mm. not exist, generally get um, sapped up pretty quickly, yeah, don't they? they do. yeah. Um, following from that is, you know, people aiming to retire too early. Um, so, you know, if you if you retire in your mid fifties these days, mm. then your money's got to, probably going to have to last you thirty to forty years. Yeah, and so so your net asset position has mm. to be so much greater than mm. someone retiring in their sixties to mm. support that extra ten years of income, arguably. So, yeah, yeah it's it's not as it's not as um, I was only having this conversation with a prospective client today. You know, mm. he was basically he's saying, "Hey, I want to basically, um, you know, wind down in, in my mid thirties mm. and you know reduce work." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, look, you're tracking pretty well. It's possible, but but you need to understand that your net asset position needs to be so much greater than mm. you know yeah. the other people in your cohort because you're reliant." on that for so much longer hmm. um, and you almost need to put you ne- almost need to build up a, enough net assets to just be self-sustaining to cover that reduced income like hmm. it can't even you can't almost can't even be put in a position where you're drawing down on that capital it actually just needs to be um, you know paying you enough income hmm. um, because you'll probably be in a position where you run out of money if you yeah so it's a, it's a great point like people hmm. retiring too early drawing capital too quickly don't have enough for the later years mm-hmm but there is the um, the uh, pension scheme that we spoke about earlier. Uh, of course, last re- last resort, provide, though. Provided they, they have a house. Um, yeah, another mistake point. is ignoring super or not topping up super. So, um, yeah, super is a very mm-hmm. um, tax-effective um, way to build wealth in Australia and, um, you know, you shouldn't ignore it. You should at least consider some strategies around superannuation. Which is, I mean, we just talked about some mm. of the strategies. Someone's yeah. just picked up a net yeah. 7K tax savings. Like, yeah. you know, that, that's the type of stuff that is on the table for especially, everyone. And especially closer to retirement. Yeah. Um, because there isn't as long to wait before you can get it back again. Um, what's another? Investing too conservatively. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was speaking earlier about the, the person who put all of their money into cash, you know, in their superannuation. Now, that's not going to cut it. You know, if cash rate's mm. 2% in a superannuation fund and mm. inflation's running at 5 or 6, then you're guaranteed to go backwards, aren't you? It's, 
it's you don't need to be a mathematician or an economist to 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 sound that one out steve but yeah Yeah. we see it all the time you get to retirement people go let's take the throttle off i've worked 30 years um i've been in the risk the risk on assets for 30 years um but hey just remember that you're probably going to spend another 30 years in retirement and Mm. so those risk on assets actually play a bit of a part in there yeah absolutely um you're not just because you retire doesn't mean that you don't need to get returns on your investments. Yep. You do, and arguably, arguably just as much so. Yep. Uh, what else do we see? Um, are they people perhaps um, carry debt into retirement? Yeah. Um, so, you know, having too much debt. Now, I, I saw a few years ago now a, a couple who'd been convinced to buy in their mid-60s to buy two properties off the plan mm-hmm. in South East Queensland mm-hmm. um, for a total total cost of a million dollars at that time. Yeah, okay. Now, they were absolutely guaranteed to carry debt into retirement um, under that strategy, and um, yeah. I just wish that I had got to them before they'd made that decision. Um, but... The debt that we're talking generally is the home loan. You know, yeah. So um, if you're going to be carrying debt into retirement, you need to have a strategy to be able to clear that debt in retirement or at retirement. Um, so building up your super sufficiently to be able to ensure that it's cleared. Yep. Because generally speaking, you don't want to be paying you know, twenty or thirty or forty thousand dollars a year in mortgage repayments um, from your retirement income. Yep. Especially where we're seeing interest rates tick up so much that. Um, mm. You know, you're almost guaranteed if you're borrowing 100% of the purchase costs, you're going to be running net negative cash flow. Mm, Um, That's just the way it is. Mm. And that's traditionally the way it's been. Mm. Um, You know, it was really really an anomaly to see so many people being in positive cash flow positions with um, investment properties. Um, I'm not saying that it's not possible to to do Mm. in in the right manner, but Mm. I mean, the average punter out there is generally seeing a net negative loss, uh, a, a net loss, sorry. Well, you just you know, do the do the math. You borrow eight hundred thousand dollars for a property yeah. at six percent. Yeah, it's forty forty eight thousand six eight to forty eight forty eight thousand yep. in interest. Yep, rents probably seven hundred a week. Mm-hmm. Thirty five thousand dollars in income. Mm-hmm. Um, that's negative, isn't it? Yeah, let alone um, any of the other costs. Yeah. So yeah, but it's a good point. Mm-hmm. Did um one one I noticed so paying for unnecessary insurance later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've seen. You know, we've got this on our list, but I've actually seen more recently like a lot of old, not a lot, a few oldies doing that. They've got a life insurance policy and they're still paying it. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. and I ask the question and they go, oh, it's for the kids. I say, how old are the kids? Oh, 45, 50? Mm-hmm. Well, why, why, why are you paying a life insurance policy for the kids? Yeah. I said, I feel like saying, hey, they can, they need to go and get some advice themselves. Or, if, or they can, they should be paying the premiums, but... Um, it is an interesting one, and I think the point made, you know, in, you know, when I had this on the list was that you know sometimes things just get away from people. They just they don't, just don't they forget that there's yes. life insurance yeah, there and yeah. it's sucking away at their yeah. their superannuation. But um, but you're right, there are people that retain insurance um, you know, even into retirement. Generally speaking, with life insurance and those types of insurances, as soon as you're in a position that you can retire comfortably with the assets that you have. Mm-hmm. 
very arguable that you don't need any insurance. Yeah, so 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 that's our that's our objective, isn't mm, it? Yeah. Put you in a position where you're self-insured. Your mm. risk is self-insured because mm. your net asset position can sustain your mm. income needs. Yep. Um, at that point in time, mm. you know, it's argued that the insurance doesn't have a requirement. Yeah, yeah. So insurance has a requirement when you've got debt, and mm-hmm. you know, you need your income to be yep. able to to build. And your you're wealth. not self-insured. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're at 42 minutes and 47 seconds, That's... so um, we won't go through the rest of that list. There's only a few other points. Yeah, on it. Yeah, but yeah. it just highlights that you know, there are things to think about, and, and people, when they're heading towards retirement, can sometimes just have a, a bit of a tunnel vision and, all, and just be absorbed by their own thoughts and views. Yeah, yeah. And I think it does most people a little bit of good to see someone, a financial planner, to find out what they don't know. Yeah. Um, at least find out what they don't know. Yeah. Don't necessarily need to do anything, but at least they get armed with a bit more information yeah. and make some decisions. And um, the very best scenario is that they actually um, you know, pay a bit of money for the expertise to actually put a plan in place because without a plan, it's less likely to be achieved. Yeah. Mm. What do they so, say? A rudderless ship. Something like that. It's going to get him deeper. It is. Mm. Um, on that note, shall we sign off? Let's sign off for this fortnight. Yep. Um, thanks for catching up again, Luke. Thanks, Thank Steve. you to everyone again for listening. Um, mm-hmm. Don't forget to share and like and refer and yep. do all those things and grow the Money Men movement. Questions, you know, things right. you want us to talk about, please drop us a line. We've got the website. Um, you've got our, you know, should have our email contacts. Do you think that you can organise a property guru? by next fortnight I can okay we'll look forward to that we're on the hook now we've got a plan we've got to do it it's public okay catch you next fortnight everyone see you